0: Beautiful. Welcome, my boy, in Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. Gut yom a good or gut good gut tiv, It's the moid, it's chalamoid, and of course, day after the beginning of Sukkot, the first day of chalamoid. So we had the first night of Sukkot. We had Avram Avinu in our Sukkot, The second night we had Yitzchak Avinu. And today's Shpizn was you know. Um This year, of course, the Nishmas, Anambarach Ben Yudha Levi, and Amelia Basara coming up on the yard sites. sorry okay the Pashat Zez HaBrocha Vezez is actually never never read on a Shabbos per se as its own Shabbos Pasha of is a Pasha that's the red on Shrukhis Teah. And it's then that we make the Siam of the terra But then of course we don't just end the Tehra, we begin the Tehra immediately to show that Tara Never ends, and therefore we immediately start right after the next Krias HaTeira after Chasen Teira is Chasen Bereshus, and we begin Bereshus Baralikim as the Shemaim We also then follow up, of course, with the Maftir. So there are three sifrith taken out of some When three sifrith are taken out, it is a very, very, very special time for prayer. And therefore, I'd like to just be ma'id. <coughs> Ma'ir everybody. That that is a very special time for prayer. Sun is a special and holy day. Khalamut. And we'll get back to the Yishpizan, which is the Yishpizan of Meish Rabbeinu, since we are, of course, talking about Vizayis HaBracha, the passing of Meish Rabbeinu, the last Brachas of Meish Rabbeinu. So therefore, it's quite relevant tonight to talk about the Yishpizan as well. Let us first focus on chalamoid Sukkot. Simchayis Beis HaShaeva Simchas Beis HaSheiva The Yimada you're keeping score at home is like the Sukkun and Aleph Aleph says Mishu Leidala Simchas Beis HaSheiva Leidala Simcha Miyamov This is being recorded and we don't need your voices in the background. I thought I would catch before you got home. Sukkun and Aleph and Aleph 51 side 1 On Chagas there is a commandment, a special one, to be happy, the samachta b'chagecha. And in the tefillah, in the davening, when we say the zman zman simchasenu, we have shavuos zman telesenu, Pesach zman chesenu, and Sukas is known as is made reference to as man simchasenu. And with that said. This Chag has many things that bring us to Simcha, to extra joy. For example, Simchas Beis HaShayevah. What was done by Simchas Beis HaShayevah, the Ramam tells us, Simchas Beis HaShayevah, they poured water. Nisuch HaMain, in the Beis hamigdash. This drawing of water and pouring of the water was a tremendous simcha. As Ishaya Navi quotes, mayim and depending which camps you went to when you were a kid, everybody has a song of Mayim Yeshua. Um, drawing of the water joy from the wells. Of salvation, but Simchas Beis Sheva is higher than all other Simchas, and we'll make reference again to the Mishnas we just said: Nun from Mem and Sukkah for keeping score at home. Mishnah that our Simchas Beis Sheva, the Ray Simchas Yom Whoever did not see the joy at Simchas Beis Sheva never saw Simcha in his life. What is it? What is it that's so great of the Simcha of Simchas Beis We know that on a daily basis there was a Nisukha There was a pouring of wine on the tap, on the altar. And this Nisukha Ya'in was done with tremendous joy and song. I mean, if you keep in score, the Yemar 35 side 1 should be done, it should be, we only say shira on the on the wine. But the simcha of pouring of water, is boundlessly greater than that. Although, that wine's nature, the nature of wine brings simcha, And water, we derive nothing. Still in all, the simcha, the joy that is brought about from the nisacha mayim was greater than anything that ever happened. What's wine? Wine has a special blessing, Beri Pia Wine has a special blessing. After we don't eat, partake of anything without making a blessing first, and of course we don't make a we don't finish eating without saying grace after the after the food. Halachically, according to the Jewish Jewish law, when we eat a meal in which we washed and partook bread. Then, we would make hamei tzilechem minaretz, we would wash for the bread, and on the bread we would wash. Everything during the meal is included under that umbrella bracha. And when we finalize, when we finish our meal, sorry, finalize, when we finish our meal, she <laughs> used the word terminate. Today's day and age everybody's so desperate in diet that it's a torture they have to go through a meal. Ha huh? I had to sit down and eat. Oh no. Even if it was only salad or grass or whatever it was, but it was a meal. I sat through a meal, help. Lord help me. Um we make bircha we say bircha, which is the blessings, the grace after meals, the Sakel. When we drink a cup of water, we make the bracha shahakol niya b'zvari, everything is created with His Word. When we eat a fruit, it depends where the fruit comes from, something growing in the ground, a watermelon or any kind of melon, even a banana, which has its own rules and laws to it, the blessing would be Berry Priha dama. When we eat a fruit from a tree, we make the Bracha Berry Priha Eights. After the drinking of water, after the eating of a fruit, Berry Priha Eights, a regular fruit, an orange, apple, pear, not a fruit from the seven kinds of which Israel is blessed with, after eating. A melon, no matter what blessing we made prior, the bracha after would be buried in However, if we ate from the minute if we ate a piece of cake, Mezenais, we would make the bracha alhamicha If we drink wine though, the bracha is buried in and the after bracha is al HaGefen. Similarly, if we eat any of the fruits that uh, Israel is graced with or blessed with, then the after bracha would be al eats al eats Therefore, that said, we want to now discover, we want now to decipher the difference between wine and water. When we look into it, when we concentrate about this, welcome, Scranton. Wine has a taste. Wine has, gives pleasure. I don't know what you just did. You joined the right way. I lost Atlanta. Okay. Wine has a special blessing for it, as we said. But wine, if if you drink it, obviously, if you imbibe properly, you derive pleasure from it. And the pleasure that's derived from it, the joy that a person gets from it, from the taste, the palate, the connoisseur, will take the wine in their goblet and will swoosh it in their mouth and spit it out and tell you, ooh, that was delicious. Um, The drinking of wine gives a person pleasure. A person derives pleasure from drinking a good wine. Okay, not every person. Um but we don't we're not going to work on people's taste buds and what their their palates are, but generally, the first cup of wine, as we've told the story on Pashas Leach and we're not going to repeat it now. You can go to the archives of Pashas Leach and hear the story there again um but wine has its levels as to which. It satisfies the person first cup, a second cup, a third cup, etc obviously if you overdo it you overindulge it, will, it can affect the person negatively but the one cup of wine for Kiddush shall we say isn't, there isn't any problem with usually then again, it depends on the strength of the wine it depends on the capacity of the person but the Pesach tells us in Tehillim the Yayin Yisamach Levav the Yayin the wine makes the person happy water on the other hand water quenches your thirst If you are very thirsty, you take a cup of cold water, according to some cold water, some don't mind if it's not cold, some insist that it has ice cubes in it, and some would rather that it was sitting on the shelf, not of the refrigerator. But you'll take that cup of water because you came in from a hot, sticky day, a long day and you'll take that water to drink it to quench your thirst you also could use water for rinsing out your mouth swallowing medication has its different benefits but it doesn't according to if you keep your score at home the G'mon tells us it doesn't really have any nutrients. It doesn't give us any kind of nutrient. If a person, God forbid, dehydrated, you give him enough water, yes, it'll revive the person per se, but it doesn't necessarily give the person anything substantial. So when you drink it, says the Gemara, for thirst, you're very thirsty and you want to quench your thirst, and you're drinking. water, do you have to make a bracha? And this brings down the shu person only drinks water, only enjoys the water when he's thirsty. And the same thing spiritually when it comes to wine and to water. Wine in, implies the service of Tam vadas, person understands well in his seichel his service to God, and he has he derives pleasure from it. And water, on the other hand, refers to the service to God that the person doesn't necessarily understand or grasp. Person accepts upon himself. God said this, and so this I'm going to do it. I don't necessarily understand the decree, I don't necessarily understand the decision, I don't understand, I don't see how this decision impacts me directly, and as we're going to discuss later, a story in the Yamada as well, but the decision is a decision to protect and to do, and I know and therefore I'm doing it. So yes, I couldn't derive pleasure from water by drinking it, because I'm very thirsty. But it doesn't give me actual joy. So when the Beis HaMikdash, when they poured the wine on the Mizbeach, it was also done, as we said, with shira, with joy. And the water, which doesn't Ever give us joy per se. is poured, and as we said now, it gave us the greatest. It derived the greatest joy possible. So we need, in this point, we need to understand how this works. The pouring of the wine, which wine is, as we said before, the nature of wine is. If you, if you score at home, the imara Dathchof Amir Aleph tells us about the joy that we get from wine. But it says, the nature of wine is to make happy. And this is a simcha joy that brought to the actual essence of the person. Only wine could bring him to this joy. But pouring of water, as we said now, this is a simcha, a godly simcha, a godly joy. It does not ha- has nothing to do with the joy, the nature of the person, and therefore it's a boundless joy. There's no boundary to it. Incoming. I need to be warned when I'm ha Haha you think you got rain? you should have been by us yesterday we had rain yesterday and it was quite (laughs) it was quite an event it got to a point I just jumped up and I started dancing with the guests that stayed in the circle with us we were drenched but it was nice It was very nice. But uh, it's uh, dissipating a little bit, the rain. I think we're getting back a little more again tonight. Um, But we had, yeah, we had our share. So the Hamayim was in New York as well. We kept to the... second just realized I never text somebody that's disgusting middle of the but okay sorry these two mitzvahs though are tied with joy the joy of the sanctity of the mitzvah however the pouring of the wine is a inner simcha, inner joy as the Chazal tell us, Ain Simcha El-Biyayin. If you keep it at home, the Yimara Psachim Amir Aleph 109, side 1. And of course, the Shechem Arach. Simcha El-Biyayin. And therefore the Simcha that made within its boundaries, of course, the concept of wine was made in order to bring about joy. But it has a boundary to it water on the other hand the pouring of the water the pouring of the water is not a natural thing for the world the opposite the nature of the world wine does not water does not bring about joy. The joy itself is brought about the godliness of the mitzvah The mere fact that we are connecting and serving God by pouring this water on the mezbah. The Jew is simply happy to have the schus, to have the merit that is given to him to fulfill God's will. And therefore this joy has no boundary. Therefore it is a simcha. A mishadayra simcha. If you didn't see this simcha, this joy, you never saw joy in your life. To have the schus, sometimes we find the schus only, not with God directly, but even with a fellow person. Where we find a merit that we are connected to this person in such a way, that it just plain, it's a schus for us every minute that we have. Every conversation, every word that we pass between each other. It's a skhus for us. And we canel in this skhus. We derive tremendous strength and pleasure from this merit. How much more so when it's with God Himself. Let's ask the simple question. It's been a few thousand years since the pouring of the wine, the pouring of the, of the water. Ma'in and Shemitah. What does this have to do with us today? And this is what we need to learn and understand and remember constantly. That anything in Torah that we hear that we see has a direct connection to us and more than just a connection to us, but it gives us a lesson, a life lesson: how we need to exist and coexist in the world. The spiritual pouring of the wine and the spiritual pouring of the water, the libations, the wine meaning the simcha of a mitzvah that a person actually understands. That a person can relate to. That a person knows they actually just did a mitzvah. It's a big thing. It's a big. It's a great joy. And when a person thinks into the great merit that's given to them to complete the yearning of God the request of God and to attach oneself to God literally he is full of joy but after when it dissipates when it goes down it boils down to it the person doesn't necessarily still have still thrive with that mitzvah that is the pouring of wine whereas the wine a person enjoyed for the moment it wears off the effect wears off the taste wears out you eat something else something else goes into your system and it's gone Pouring of water, on the other hand, is a simcha that we do a mitzvah without any recognition, any kind of logic. It's not logical, and a Jew gives themselves over, totally devotes and dedicates themselves to God when he hears "Baruch Hu." He hears that the Almighty commanded him to do this mitzvah. He's not sitting down and delving into it and thinking, what and why and how. He's just so happy from the depth of his soul. And this is a simcha that has no boundaries. And that's why simcha is based on is ra'isa Because this is a simcha, a joy that brought about and that comes about from the deepest depth of the person. And when two souls connect, or when our soul connects with its source, it achieves and reaches a level of joy of happiness that is unprecedented and, un, and not able to even grasp, but also something we don't leave go of. Because it is through siyata Dishmaya, because it is so strong in such a connection, and the soul is connected to the other soul, and the soul is connected to its source of souls, the person derives unlimited joy. It says about Simchas Beit Sheva and the Mishnah and the Gemara, again referring back to the and the Aleph and the Beis over there. You keep at home. In the Azara, in the courtyard, they had hanging golden candelabras. But they needed to be fueled. So they were Bachar, they were young boys, the Pirchei Kahuna they were called, the young Kahanim. And they would carry up a ladder steep ladder barrels heavy barrels of oil each one was like 30 lug imagine even if a lug is a half a gallon or a gallon it was heavy and they'd go up these sheep these s- s- steep ladders and they would fill the candelabras and they would light them The light from these candelabras was so strong; they lit all the courtyards in Jerusalem. So much so that if a woman was taking the grains of wheat and cleaning them and picking them, they were able to use this light. That's how strong it was. They were able to light; it lit up enough. They could choose their wheat. They could choose their. this is something that teaches us another lifelong lesson the Ramam says (laughs) anyone that totally devotes and dedicates their soul, their spirit separate and to stand before God and to serve Him Is, is enters into the level of a kohen? this job that the pirche Kahuna, the young kids of the Kahanim is the actual work of the actual Jew today to light menorahs, to light candelabras to light up the households and the courtyards of your fellow Jews with Teirah Mitzvahs even for a simple matter like picking wheat. Just simply to pick the wheat. Which sounds like such a mundane job. But the Timara tells us that the light was strong enough to help do that. Why mention that even? This mundane job. To show us how strong this light needed to be. How strong we need to go out and to light up the world as lamplighters and not say, eh, who am I giving this to? Who am I doing this for? One of the people in the sukkah yesterday told me that he had gone out on a Friday, he was putting on to with people. It was a situation that somebody, his brother had a car accident and he was in the hospital with him and he was putting on with all the friends and everybody he was walking out of the hospital and there was a fellow <sighs> let us say uh, talking to him you anticipate getting your head bitten off <laughs> bald earring tattoo scary looking fellow and he was in a high the chassab was on a high he says Because everyone was putting on filmings, but I was so many people filling. It was just exciting. But this guy deflated him. (laughs) He was standing with another fellow. It deflated him. He said, I I, I can't approach this guy. He's gonna bite my head off. And he started to walk away. And then he says to himself His name is Ilan. He says, Elon he says, Am I doing this for me, for my ego? Am I doing this for my personal gain? Am I doing this for my joy? Am I doing this because the Rebbe told us that we have to do this? To go help light up every fellow Jew. There was no doubt that the fellow was a Jew. I didn't have to, the guy says, I didn't have to ask him if he's Jewish. I knew he was Jewish. But I also did not believe that he would say yes to putting on film. So I went back. And I approached him and I said, Philin? <laughs> if looks could kill, I'd be dead," he says. "Oh no! Somebody touch the internet? No. We just lost the connection here. <coughs> Problem with the network." Had that happen? Okay. Sorry, I gotta get the Skype back up. Um. Thank you. Um, no, no, no. Let me get this call back. There we go. Okay, I'm sorry. Hopefully, we get everybody back. Okay. So he says to him, Tillin? And he gives him this deathly stare. No. And he asks the fellow next to him, Tillin? Nah. So he starts to walk away. I didn't mind. At least I didn't chicken, I didn't cower away. I faced the music, and I went to ask him. All of a sudden, he hears the voice of the fellow, the second guy. Hey, you know what? Come back here. Come back here. Let's do this. So he quickly wrapped him up as fast as he could, said whatever he could say with him. And as he was taking the children off of this first fellow, the other fellow, the bald guy with the earring, puts out his hand. So he just he, he starts to put it on his arm. He says he shakes his head. So he puts on the twill. He wraps him up as fast as he can before he can change his mind, before he can actually shoot him or eat him, and garnished. And he says, "Okay, shalom, shabbat shalom," and he leaves. So, while Elan himself as a profession, drives a taxi. A while later, I believe he said it was even a year or two, he's driving, and he sees a very elegant, well-dressed fellow, tie and suit and everything, standing, flagging down the taxi, and it's no more no less, it's this fellow that scared the slut out of him and he pulls over, he picks him up the fellow sits down in the car the fellow looks at him and says you remember me? he says uh, yeah kinda he says remember in the mall, or in the hospital whatever it was you asked me to put on film and I agreed he says yes I do remember he didn't want to tell him why he remembers because he's scarred for life talking to him but I do remember he says it made me think over Shabbos I did a lot of thinking he says on Sunday I went and I found Chabad and I got the fellow to buy me a pair of film I bought it personally the guy's a bank manager actually He says, I bought the film, and I put on film every day since. (laughs) Needless to say, we don't understand. When we light up a courtyard, we don't understand what light is going to affect, and what it will do, and how far it will carry. But this light, this fire, needs to be lit and kindled more so by the youth. Just like in the time of the Besamikdash, the young kahanim, the Pirche lit the minatus, they flew up in the Besamikdash. And the Imara tells us the strength of these young kahanim. But the Pirche was greater than the strength of the, the elder kahanim, Although they carried heavy pieces of meat and cows and half cows or whole cows onto the Mizbeach, they walked up a... Plank uh, walked up a ramp that was pretty much an even keel, an even walk. The youth were carrying up a ladder with heavy 30, 30 lug on a steep ladder. What is the spiritual message? The Pirche implies. That the exile needs to be overtaken with strength. The young that have not yet been totally developed spiritually, bodily. And they still like physical mundane things. Sometimes they even like things that they shouldn't be doing at all. They stand in a strong battle against the Yetzirah. The Gimmarah and Abed if you keep score, right in the beginning. Gimmar Maralef tells us that the Almighty does not give us something that we cannot handle. And therefore the fact that the youth today are given a battle stronger than the one for the elders. Although the elders deal with many of these things as well, but to the youth who are not yet totally... Mature although many elders are not very mature either yet it's much harder to get overcome all this. But the Almighty gives them this strength, this extra boost, like the youth that carried on the steep ladder. What's the steep ladder? What's the difference the steep ladder and the ramp going up to the Mizbeah? First of all, the steep ladder is much higher. And each time you took another rung, you went up another level. Whereas the ramp, you just went up a level. You went up higher to one from the ground up, but as a ramp. Whereas on a ladder, each time you went up another long, another rung and another rung, carrying this weight, you felt you, rise, you rose to another level this is the strength given to today's youth to go from strength to strength to save and to utilize each and every second in how they serve the Almighty and how they themselves go out and light candelabras that other people should be able to see to bring other people to be able to do mitzvahs and also when they do their work completely they see themselves, it's not enough, it's not sufficient and therefore they push themselves and they go up harder and harder up this ladder until they accomplish to use the strength that God gives them and ultimately merit to the reward that God gives them and that it will be light in everything that they do physically and spiritually. The holiday of Sukkot we spoke about the Nisa Hamayim, this Hamidosh I wanted to just share with you one little story. The Gemara again in Sukkah and Aleph And Aleph tells us it talks about how much Actually, earlier in the Gemara tells us in that Mem Chesamid if you keep your score at home in Sukkah, a story. Not a pleasant one, actually. In the time of the Beis Hamikdash, there was sedukim. The Tzedukim believed in the word of the Torah, the word, actual word of the Torah. If, however, it was not actual word, it was not scripture, it was something that the sages derived, they did not accept this. So the Yimata tells us there was a Kayin Gadol, unfortunately that was a, there was a Kayin, sorry. A a The Kayin that needed to pour the water was a Tzeduki. And this Kayim did not want to do the mitzvah. said, a Kayim, on the Kayim, the mitzvahs. This is chamaim. He didn't want to do it. Why? It doesn't say in the tether, pour water. It's hinted in the tether, but it doesn't say it actually in the tether. What did he do? Instead of pouring it on the altar, he poured it on his feet. The entire nation was appalled. Mara tells us the entire nation was appalled, so much so. They stoned him with their israegim. They took their israegim and they stoned this fellow with their israegim. Obviously, if the Mara tells us this story, the Gmara has a lesson for us. This duki himself could have said, I don't want to pour the water at all. He chose to pour it on his feet. Something that we should, again, pay attention to. Another thing, the punishment to the tzadduki did not come via Besden. It came via the entire nation. People were appalled and they all acted on it. The tzadduki felt that you only do things that make sense. Only things that say in the tzaddik itself. They did not believe in belief of God, in Kabbalah's oil of the not of the God of believing in the Torah, in the Scripture of how words can be derived from it, nor accepting Kabbalah's oil of the Torah. Torah says so, that's how I believe, and therefore they took only the actual word of the book, and because they threw off this emuna, this belief, which is Torah Shabbat. eh? This was a terrible part of their lives, and therefore, when they kept the nisuch hayayin, but they didn't keep the nisuch hamayim by yayin by wine, it had it had a reason. It's brought down and it's understood, and they understood what, may, what it does. Water didn't have a reason, <coughs> and therefore, they would not accept it. The tzadukim also excluded anything that the sages taught. Especially, they gave psiskyadinim and svaris that had to do with generations thereafter. And they said, everyone just decides how to interpret it here. It doesn't work for me. I'm not game with that. Therefore, it talks about here, he poured it on his feet. The feet are referenced to the simple people. People that un- don't understand actually the word of Tana, but they do a mitzvah because they have Kabbalah sale. They say, oh, I'm told to do it, I have to do it. I had a little fallout, not a fallout, a little brief conversation with somebody the other day I told them there's two things this Teda Sheviksav what's written in the Teda and there's meseda what we were given from our parents and grandparents we cannot stand up against that there are many different things that our grandparents told us to do they don't necessarily they didn't necessarily know the source Or some of our grandparents actually did know the sources, but didn't disclose the source to us. But there was direction and directive that they gave us. And this needs to be followed to the T. And therefore the main, uh, the raglion, excuse me, the feet, are referenced to the simpletons that did mitzvahs, because azayat megehes and azayat babegizacht. But he is a Kayim. He can grasp it in actually in his own way. And therefore it comes that we need to tell us that not the heads, not the Ka'anim, not the Sanhedrin punish this fellow. Hamein Am, the nation, the people all rose up against this fellow. Rose up. We need to stand up against this idea, this train of thought. That you don't go into pilpul, etc. Dafka through Amunah and El, the Jews can actually stand up, and they can continue the generations, and they merit to the Geula Mitzvashtema. The end of Chumash Devarim Zaysa Bracha. Lachayla Yadachazoka. Shadassa Meshur Deine Khal Yisrael. Last words, chapter 34, pasuk Yudbeis, verse 12. We lay this on Simchas Taylor, as we said before. This talks about the passing of Meshur Abaynu, which today is his Ashbizen. And the Taylor ultimately is praising him, his prophecies, his greatness and everything that he did in the eyes of the Jews in the eyes of the Jews Rashi asks what does that mean the eyes of the Jews that it came to his heart to take the luches, the tablets and to break them in front of them and if you keep keeping score at home there's many gemaras that cite this story Shabbos pays Zayin of 87 side 1 Yevomus, 62 side one, Samach Be'ez It's Obviously, the Reb that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw this, he said, Yasha ke'chacha thank you for breaking them. This, we have a simple question. The breaking of the luchis was so great, that this we see the traitor to finish off the shvach of Meshach. This is how it finishes off the greatness of Meshach. Is there any praise in this, the fact that he broke the tablets? He broke the luches. Elsewhere it says, it's described as a im Mashal of a King that went to uh, overseas and he left his Arusa with his servants, maidservants. <laughs> because the wait servants were so bad, a she got a bad reputation. Omar Shujbina, the guarantor of the woman of the wife, stood up, the Kara If the king, Omar Imyaimar Hamadakh if the king will come back and say her reputation is tainted, she did something wrong, and the king would want to kill her, the solution is we will say she's no longer his wife. And then she has no ksuma. The nimshel, the king, is a The servants are the eight of rav. The guarantor was Moshe. And who was married to the Almighty, the Jews. Which tells us the breaking of the luchas was not a punishment to the Jews, the opposite. He wanted to save the Jews from the wrath of God. So therefore we now understand the great praise that there is to Meshe Rabbeinu by breaking the Lukas. Everyone understands simply like the Lukas Abris were very, very valuable in the eyes of Meshe. And and in addition to that, the words of Teter that were so valuable to him in his eyes. When he accepted the Taylor in Sinai, these Lukas Mysalikim, Miktabalaikim, the writings of God itself himself, and he grant he was merited to accept and to receive them from the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. But when Mesha saw, Mesha the true shepherd, the shepherd that is devoted, the shepherd that is dedicated, the shepherd that is totally one with his flock, that perhaps, perhaps now there will be a problem the luchas will see to it that the Jews will be punished he didn't hesitate he didn't wait for God to tell him he broke the luchas to save his sheep to save his flock from whom? the sin of the ego and therefore we see the greatness of Meshach Rebbein not only that he himself sacrificed and did and stepped forth, and said, If you're going to destroy the Jews, wipe my name out from this Torah. But he broke the Luchas themselves that he got from God to protect the Jewish nation from the sin of the eagle. This is the ultimate Messi Nefesh of Meshit Rabbeinu, that Meshit Rabbeinu had and totally gave himself over to the Jews. And therefore, after the Tera counts his greatness and talks about his greatness, the Tera finishes off the Enei Kol Yisro to lift up the hearts of the broken Lucas. That was the Nesir's love, the rising up of the heart. And the feelings of this Tama brought about the love for Tera, respect for Tera, he knew They knew that He broke the Luches for them, and only for them. And this is the greatness of the Manik of Yisrael, a true leader, as Moshe Rabbeinu is and always will be. And therefore in His Eshtizan tonight, in His Merit, in His Chus, we will be Zeche to the ultimate redemption, to that of Mashiach Tzidkenu. And the different pilpulim that Moshe used when he did this, when he broke this. And this is therefore what it says La'inei Chem in their eyes. La'inei Ka Yisrael. This is the point that Moshe had by breaking the luchus. It wasn't the actual breaking, it should the Jews should see it and should be awakened for tshuva. In the interim, when we are now in Golus, the last moments of Golus, and we don't see this great Aliyah that was done through the breaking of the Luchas. and therefore the breaking of the Luchas, the day that it happened on the seventeenth of Tammuz, is a day of fast. But le'osid lava in the future, when tshuva will reach its ultimate level. This day will be turned over totally to the days of joy, days of happiness. And therefore, the praise to the work of Meshe Rabbeinu will be said, Dafka at the end of the Teira, when HaKarish Baruch Hu shows to Meshe, Ad yama to the last yam until I MaAcherein for this time in Geulah will be revealed, the Aliyah, that we need Am Yisrael, Davke, through the breaking of the Luchas, and Davke, through this, we will come to the Simcha, to the Simcha Amitis, where we will dance, to Simcha's Beis HaSheva, we will dance into Simcha's Tera, and it will be a Simcha, that will be painted together, a joy that will break all boundaries, and we will go and merit, to be in Yerushalayim, this Shabbos, in see the talk of the Nisachamayim, and merit to see the great miracles that transpire in Yerushalayim. Shabbat Shalom, a good Yom tif, and should be a feilah chesimchah zteira for everyone.